Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Get up, get up, get up. It's the Get Up Show. Well, welcome to it. There's no way to find out if this is number 28. I think it's number 28. <laughs> I mean, we could count, but nah. Eh. I don't know. <laughs> We'd have to do stuff. Hey, welcome to the Simon Says Podcast. We're part of the Get Up Show. The bald bearded part is off this week, which is odd because he never takes time off. But anyhow. He doesn't because he does all the stuff for us. So we really, we've been lost this week. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm, you know, I don't mind telling you, I'm lazy. I'm an idea guy. I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, how do we do this? Okay, good. You know how to do it? Okay, do it. <laughs> you do this. Yeah. There's okay. this new show on A&E. It might be new. It might be old. I don't know. Because, uh, you know, I watch two channels, basically. I watch my wagon train on MeTV, and I watch cartoons. Uh-huh. Um, but I was flipping through because there was a lull in the action. <laughs> and <laughs> Not I stopped, enough. Shoot him up. I stopped on A&E, and Jeff Foxworthy is hosting this show called What's It Worth? Oh, wow. And it's basically like a one-on-one antiques road show. And mm-hmm. he's in his house, you know, the way they're doing all shows now where yeah. everything is everything is on Zoom calls. And he's in his den and he's got crap sitting around everywhere because he's a collector too. Yeah. And he zooms in with weirdos who have their crap sitting around. And I mean, some of these people have some weird stuff. And then he has, I'm making air quotes, experts who tell you what this stuff is worth. They had one person who had this beautiful statue that they said had come out of a church, which made me feel a little bit funny. Like, how did it get from a church into your house? Yeah, I'm hoping maybe maybe they were moving to a new building or the old yeah. church was getting torn down and they were getting yeah. the things away. You don't want to think that they stole it from <laughs> a church. No. But it ended up being worth $20,000. Whoa. Yeah. And there was this really annoying uh, duo, a father-son duo, who had an old book that they'd gotten at a flea market, and they had an idea that it was worth a fortune. It ended up being worth a hundred bucks. So it it runs, you know, from one end to the other. But I got to thinking. They put an email up at the end. Do you have stupid crap? Send us an email, and maybe you could be on our show live from your house. How quickly did you write them? Well. I watched a couple of episodes in a row. I was thinking I was going to go right up to my museum room and I was going to take pictures of the Three Stooges shelves mm-hmm. because nobody has the stuff I have. 
You know, would they be impressed with Shemp Howard's hat or with Shemp Howard's bar set? Or... Do you want Jeff Foxworthy to be impressed or do you want to sell these things for cash? I don't want to sell anything. I just want to, <laughs> I want to, I want to impress the world. Then you don't need to be on that show. It's, it's not necessarily about selling it. I don't know that these people are selling the stuff. Oh, one dude had something that he called his giant baby and <laughs> it was really disturbing and weird. It was like a three or four foot tall, hard baby doll. And he had bought it at a flea market and he thought he got a deal. He was like, they wanted seven fifty for it. I talked him down to 500. I was like, dude, $500. Yeah. But the expert came on and said, let me look at the bottom of that thing. And it was flat, which means, you know, I know this, that means it was a store display piece, which makes it very rare. It wasn't something that was mass produced. It wasn't a toy. And then they showed a close up of the bib and it had a G on it, which I know this, that means it was a Gerber store display Oh, and it wasn't new. It was probably something from the sixties or, you know, some, somewhere in that time. Right. It ended up being worth $1,500, but these things often go much higher at auctions because that's where nuts go crazy on that kind of crap. Yeah. Cause they drive each other, drive the price uh up. Yeah. So he paid 500 for it. It's worth 15 and he and his wife were like, yeah, we're selling this big spooky, crazy looking (laughs) giant baby. Giant baby. Get it out of here, man. Um, but I was thinking I'd take pictures of the three stooges stuff, the good stuff, you know, cause I got, you know, shemp stuff. I've got an ashtray that Larry made. I've got, you know, really unique things that nobody has that nobody could have. Right. Um, even like string art. You remember when string art was a thing? Yes, I did. I've some. Got, you did. What'd you do? Uh, well, we actually, strangely enough, we had, in one of our classes in high school, that was like part of an extracurricular thing where it had to do with teaching us like angles and geometry and stuff, but we did string art and made little huh. things. I have a piece of string art that Larry made. It's like weird. It was like the, the colors back then in the late 60s, early 70s, the browns Orange, and yellows. brown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got some Larry string art. You know, who else would want that? You know, yeah. See, yours is very specialized because the market for Three Stooges stuff is getting smaller. It really is. As weirdos like me are dying off. Exactly. Like, nobody wants this stuff. <laughs> but, but it's so weird and it's so rare. There's one of those, period. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, I take pictures of that. Maybe I take pictures of the Elvis stuff. You know, I've got some things that were in Graceland that I bought from his friend Jimmy Velvet. It was He was friends with Gladys, Elvis's mom, and so yeah. I got some of that cool stuff. And then I was thinking, I've got that um, that Popeye marionette that I that I got at a thrift store that I did research on, and then come to find out, it came from the National Marionette Theater in Prague, and it, and it ended up at a dang thrift store here in Greensboro. And and I'm thinking, God, you know, maybe they'll be impressed. Maybe I'll just send them a host of pictures of my dusty junk. <laughs> and but then I watched a couple more episodes, and part of the show is. The people that are on there showing off their stuff, finding out what's it worth, are just the biggest goofballs. Because, again, I feel like these are people, they're on there because they're hoping beyond hope that they find out that what they found in grandma's attic is actually worth thousands and thousands of dollars and they're going to be rich. Maybe. But there was a guy on there with a Donkey Kong game, and when he found out it was worth... I can't remember, $4,500. He, 
he he did a moonwalk back and forth across the floor <laughs> in his basement in his socks and you know there was a lady dancing around with giant feathers and i was thinking you know what it would be cool to show off some of my stuff and find out what it's worth but i'm not going to make a giant ass of myself on national tv with jeff foxworthy going now let's see what's next in his pile of stuff uh, you know you, you do that on the radio every day why is this what? any different what do you mean <laughs> kidding but no you don't have to say you're kidding it's fine but people don't see me doing that you no. know they they don't see my contorted squinty eyes and my my screwed up mouth when i'm acting like an idiot on the radio exactly if, if you saw me you know? well if you do it the way that so when we very first started working from home we tried to do a zoom call so mm -hmm. that we could see each other yeah. Be so that we'd feel more like we were in the studio together. And you did your Zoom call by turning your phone up facing the ceiling and your little box thing that you had around your microphone. So yeah. maybe you can do your your spot with Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> that way. And then you I don't, don't have to make a giant um, jerk of yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I'm talking myself out of it rapidly. You don't want to sell these things, so I don't no. think but I think you're actually better off that you don't know how much they're worth. Hadn't you ever watched Antiques Roadshow where they bring in like these family heirlooms just to see what they're worth and they have no intention of selling them and then they find out what they're worth like, "Oh, that's 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 great. Your grandma lied to you. That's they got that at Roses. That's worth $8. Thanks yeah. for coming." You know, so but they they never wanted to sell it. They're hugely disappointed. Yes, they did. Deep down <laughs> inside, they were hoping that they would find out that it was some rare painting by Michelangelo that's going to fetch $20 million. Oh, you just said Michelangelo. That is the best pizza in the world. There's this chain <laughs> of pizza places down at the beach. The one that I like is in Emerald Isle right in the middle of Emerald Isle, and uh -huh. they are the best pizza. And every time I see a place that says they have New York pizza, I try to think, oh, my God, is this going to be it? And then I try it, and 10 out of 10 times, it's not close, mm -hmm. and I'm disappointed. And I try to convince myself, well, this is kind of close. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, there's a new place in Greensboro, Times Square Pizza. Uh-huh. We have some of those around here, but I've but never it's eaten round. it. It's round, man. They call it Times Square, but oh. it's round. <laughs> They're talking about New York City. Oh, but anyway, so I tried it, and it's good. And, it, and the thing I like about it, listen to, listen to what a nut, what a, what a waste I've become. The pizza arrived, and the guy's at the door, and it was. I was like, oh, my God, what a cute little box. This is the cutest little pizza. Mm -hmm. I am so excited. This pizza is so small. Really? Yeah. Because I don't eat like I used to. And when I ordered the pizza, I was like, God, I, I hope I don't eat too much of this. I hope so nothing happens. The perfect size for you? Mm-hmm. It was, it, it was like uh, they cut it into six pieces, but all six pieces were the size of two slices of a Michelangelo's. Yeah, it's weird that certain... You know, certain sizes, like this, a medium's too, not enough, but a large is too much, and you end up, leftover pizza, I don't care who you are, maybe the next day it's good, after that, forget it. What? So are you if, kidding? If you don't get to it by the next day, 
it's no good. No, I, I totally disagree. You know, I don't like to say you're wrong, but you're wrong because I'll take it and wax paper it and put it in the freezer in a giant bag, man. I'll go what? back to that over and over again. Yeah, I can no make way. a pizza. Yeah, I'll I'll eat on that for the rest of the time. That don't bother me at all. Put that in a toaster oven? In toaster oven. Okay, we don't even have one of those. Oh, come on. What are you, caveman? It's, it's a lot of work to heat up the whole oven for a piece of pizza. That's why you do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to get a toaster oven. They're like 30 bucks nowadays. Well, I don't, there's there's no room. Go, go <laughs> Other to, things take priority. Go to the JCPenney's and get you one of those marked down toaster ovens. Oh, yeah, I mean, everything's being marked down at the JCPenney because they're supposedly selling out. There may not be any JCPenney's anymore. Even the brand, the sorry, the original one that is in, where is this? Kimmerer, Wyoming. Huh. Yeah, it's the mother's store. It's store number one. Um, it's been in continuous operation since April 14th, 1902. And it's actually really cool because it's part store and part museum. Ooh. Yeah, so this is right up your alley. <laughs> it is, but what kind of stuff do they have in the museum? You, you mean you can buy the museum? Yeah, well, they have like they have a small mezzanine that looks over the main sales floor, and then they've got photographs and tributes to the company and the founder, and like their, you know, it started out as a place for people work the working man to mm -hmm. get their clothes. That was his, and this guy um, started J.C. Penney's in right there in Wyoming because he is like all the the ranch hands and the gold you know I, I don't know what all happened in Wyoming in 1902 but <laughs> the working class people oh it was coal mining they oh, okay. they needed a place to shop and so James Cash Penny came to town and opened up his store I did not know that's what JC standard for it sure does huh I think the JC Penny in Henderson has sold everything out of there including the mannequins yeah so i'm from this small town in indiana called washington and it's around twelve thousand people and i remember when i was a kid we had a jc penny and that was one of the it was one of the only places to shop first of all but it was also they had everything and yeah. it was a two-story store so it was like you know, I don't know what all was jewelry and women's things and all the stuff was on the main floor. And then upstairs was a bunch of appliances and things like that. And then there were, they even had like a basement and down there was like the baby shop and all, but they had everything. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's sad to see them go. It really is. I mean, it's a, it's a store that, well, that it's been around since 1902. So Everyone who's alive today grew up with a J.C. Penney somewhere nearby, probably. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that's where my mom used to get those rump jeans. Um, was it J.C. Penney or was it Sears that had the husky jeans? I, uh, I think one or the other, man, but I didn't want either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I have Levi's? These say rump. Oh, I thought they said plump. Well, that's worse. <laughs> right. <laughs> no bump wait no <laughs> i don't want bump either <laughs> but anyway so the original store even though they're selling off all the other jc pennies to some company whoever buys them this original store is actually up for auction for anyone who wants to buy it so i'm thinking this is right up your alley you've always said you want to run off and start anew yeah i don't know if that's the place <laughs> oh, come on that's pretty far 
It's no one will ever come looking for you in Kimmerer, Wyoming. That's for sure. I was kind of thinking of starting a new in a different room in my house. <laughs> I got my stuff like I like it. That's not really how that works. <laughs> I've, I've said, you know, I don't think that I'm going to be able to move because there's too much stuff in there. How long have you lived in that house? Uh, I don't know. Maybe 10 years, probably, oh, maybe. That's an awful long time to live in one place, especially well, see, as much of a collector as you are. That's right. And I, I moved a lot of stuff in there. And as as it has gone since I got there, I've moved a lot of stuff in there. Right. You know what I mean? There's, exactly. There's stuff on top of stuff. Literally, I bought a thing to put things on. You're where I go when I have something old and antique that I don't want to throw away, but I don't really want anymore. <laughs> Ooh, like that sweet old cranky phone you gave me. Yeah, it was a, that phone. It's one of those old-timey ring, ring, ring that you yeah. speak into the little horn. And um, that phone actually hung in my dad's parents' house back in the day. And then uh, my dad refinished it and made it look pretty because it was like old and dark and dingy and what have you but it's still it's super heavy because it's still got mm -hmm. the workings inside oh don't i know it i hung it up on the wall and uh then i decided it was so heavy and i hung it on the wall and then i decided it wasn't the right place and oh, no. man yeah <laughs> you have giant holes in your wall now because mm -hmm. that takes it, some big anchors yeah it weighs as much as like a small car <laughs> Which is hanging opposite of the telephone on your wall. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I wish you wouldn't have told me that he had refinished it because that is the biggest no-no in antique land. And that's why it's not actually, it's more pretty than it is um, worth any money. But when he did that, it was back, it, it was when we were kids because it hung in our living room. And I remember making a little list of my friends and how many like long ring or short ring to call them on that phone. I played for with real. It. Yeah. When I was, when I, so I had been little, I had been really little. Was this like before television? Was this back? Like who was president? <laughs> <laughs> I was not that little. I, this, this would have been like, um, seventies though. Huh? I, I didn't know those things would still work then. Mid seventies. We saw these like on Andy Griffith's show is how you would, that's a point of reference. They had yeah. them on that. And that's, that's probably the only time I ever saw one in use. Oh, it didn't you know? actually work. I was pretending. I couldn't call <gasps> oh, them on it. Oh, <laughs> you fooled me. <laughs> I'm not that old. You know how they say, like there's that, that commercial where the kid, the, the dad busts the kid smoking pot, and he's like, where did you, where did you find this? Where did you do? And the kid goes, I learned it from watching you, okay? Yeah. They say that parents pass down their fears and phobias to their kids. Absolutely. I have an example of that. You do? What is it? My friend who, this guy that used to be my roommate back in the day in Charlotte, he is one, a person who cannot swallow pills doesn't matter oh, really? the smallest tiniest pill he just it's but i i feel like it's psychological i mean he can eat food he can swallow food but he cannot take pills and he had a son and somewhere along the lines his son needed to take medication he's like oh yeah jason can't take pills either and i was like 
I feel like you what projected that onto him. Right? Because it, that's a mental thing. It's not a that's well, not an actual thing. I mean, if it's a giant horse pill, that's one thing. But if you can swallow food, you can take a tiny little pill, right? The top fears that parents have passed on to their kids. Aquaphobia. The fear, fear of, of water, water, sure. If, yeah. if I'm afraid of swimming, I'm not going to put you in there. Here's one I, I'd never heard of. Attichophobia. What's that? Attichophobia. The fear of failure. Oh. I guess everybody has a little bit of everybody that. Everybody has a little bit of that, but I guess if it's crippling, then it would be a thing. Ophidiophobia. Which is? A lot of people have this one. Ophidiophobia is the fear of snakes. Oh, absolutely. Now, I think that there's that's inert. I think that instinctually, you know, as uh, you know, people are animals, and you know that a snake could bite you and kill you, and a big enough snake could eat you, so sure. you're going to have that. I don't know that, I, but there are some people who love snakes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But so, like for example, say that a mom is afraid of bees. Well, her child is going to see her freaking out every time a bee comes near, so then the kid's going to be afraid of bees. Is that how it works? I think so. Hmm. I think you project them on... You, they, they learn things. It's projected. Enoclophobia. What's that? Fear of large crowds. Yeah, but again, I feel like if the parent doesn't like to go to crowds and if they get all anxious and stuff, it's going to make the kid anxious. Dentophobia. The dentist? Yeah, fear of the dentist. Yep, same thing. Aerophobia. Fear of flying. Fear of flying. See, I when I was a kid, I would fly anywhere, anytime. I didn't have any trouble with traveling until I got grown, and then I developed that. And now, it, God, it, I'm a mess. How is but your I, daughter about flying? She doesn't care. She loves it. <laughs> okay, let's hope she stays that way. Cynophobia. Fear of the movies? Dogs. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Now, that is interesting. A cynophobe is a lover of movies. Right. Um, acrophobia is a fear of heights, mm-hmm. which I, I have that terribly. I didn't have it as bad when I was a kid, but now I can't stand it. Like, hmm. even not real heights, like stepladder. Really? Yeah. Wow. I got up on the roof one time. I can't remember what I was up there for. If it was Christmas lights or what it was, this was at my old house, which is a one-story small house, got up on the roof to do something, uh, turned around, and was stuck. That was it. I was like, what am I going to do? I will say going down a ladder is much scarier than going up. Yeah. Ooh, here's another one. I was working on a little AM radio station back in the day, and we were, how do I say this? We were running a ball game. Did I ever tell this story on a podcast before? I don't think so. We were running a ball game that we were taking from an FM station. Ah. And what we had to do was when you heard the announcer on the FM station say um, what time it was or something, you knew that that was when they were about to say the name of the station, so you had to dump out and play an ID for our little station. Sure. You had to do that to cover it up or we'd get busted. Mm-hmm. Well, there was static on the feed from the little stereo that we were running through their <laughs> station onto our station to oh run the gosh. ball game. 
And the boss called up and said, hey, there's a lot of static on that. You need to get up on the roof and turn the antenna. <laughs> and I said, okay, sure, I'll do it. So I go out there and climb up. There's like those old like cinder block things with the hole in it up the side. Oh. And that's how you get on the roof. So I climb up on the roof. I go over to the antenna and I turn it. And I go back over to the cinder blocks and freeze. <laughs> how long were you up there? I don't know. But I know good and well the IDs from that FM station ran out over our station for the rest of the game while I was frozen in place on How'd the roof. How'd you get down? Well, eventually, it's like, you know, you just have to, do, talking to myself, you just have to do this. You're already going to get fired. You've already been up here so long that the, the IDs aren't running on the station. you got to hurry up and get down there. You're going to have to just do it. You, you, you can either jump and break your leg or you can just climb down. You know, you're not going to die. It's going to be okay. You're already fired. So I got back down, and it ended up being okay. But that's that was my fear of heights. That was, you know, 16, 17 years old. So it gets worse and worse the older I get. And that was just like a little one-story building? Oh, yeah, tiny little building. <laughs> oh, gosh. Number two, social phobia, a fear of social situations. Parents uh -huh. pass that down to their kids. And then arachnophobia is the number one fear oh, of spiders. Yeah. Just about, it seems like almost everyone's afraid of spiders. I'm not. I like spiders. I will save them. They say if you find a spider in your house and you think you're saving it by putting it outside, you're actually killing it because they're they don't live that way. If they're an inside spider, they're an inside spider. If they are smaller than a quarter, I can handle them. When they start getting bigger than that, they start freaking me out. Yeah. They don't bother me if I can get it on a piece of paper or in a cup, put him outside or you know, the only time they bother me is if I don't know it's there until I feel it crawling. Oh, no. I don't like God, that. God, that but freaks me out. It's also like like a daddy long legs doesn't bother me because it's skinny. Uh -huh. But if that same size spider was thick, no uh -huh. way. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Like big old hairy legs. Yeah, instead if, it of those was, little... if it was filled out instead of those long skinny legs, yeah. then I'd be totally freaked out. Now, I'll tell you one thing. It's not a fear per se. But one thing that I inherited from my dad that I still have to this day is he didn't like green peas. <laughs> and that is one of the very few foods that I can't tolerate. Really? I didn't uh -huh. know you didn't like peas. Nah, man. And even if you try and sneak them into a good dish, like I can't remember the Italian dish that, that peas are in. God, what is that? But anyway, if I run into a pea... It's off. And have you tried them like since you were a kid to be like, yeah, I mean, maybe I could try them again and see. And you're like, no way. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll still. It's like my grandmother used to tell me, if you try blank every time it's offered, you'll learn to like it. She told me that with tomato slices. And now guess what? I like tomatoes. Yeah. But with peas, I've given them a shot. Uh, you know what, peas? I tried you. <laughs> you're still on the list. You're out. You need to put them in the little, you need to take your mashed potatoes Ugh. and make a little pool in the middle and put your peas in there. And Gross. that's the best way to eat them. Nah, not going to do it. I don't know what it, and you know what? I learned that from him because he, he didn't want them, didn't like, and you know, the other thing that he didn't like was croutons, but I, I like croutons. So mm -hmm. I did not inherit that one. It's just weird. Who knows what you get from your parents? Yeah, a lot of things, you know, it's what my best friend actually always remembers about me is I'm not really that big of a fan of pepperoni pizza. Hmm. I, but we never ate pepperoni when I was a kid. My family, we always got sausage 
And so it, it was one of those things because my parents would get, especially back then when you didn't like getting pizza was a treat. Right. We, we got what my parents wanted. And so it was always sausage. And so I didn't grow up eating pepperoni all the time. And now I'm like, eh, I mean, it's pretty strong. I, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll eat some of them, but I'll pick a lot of the slices off. You want to hear a crazy story? You know the song PYT by Michael Jackson? Of course yeah. you do. Do you want to know who's singing backup on that? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Who? Well, Janet Jackson at the time was on the show um, Facts of Life a little bit, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. So she was doing the show Facts of Life, and Michael was recording PYT with Quincy Jones. And Janet was getting ready to go down to the studio to see Michael. And at the last minute, she asked some of the people around on the set of Facts of Life, do you guys want to go down? My brother is recording a song. I'm just going to stop by there. And so a couple people said yes. And when they got there, Quincy Jones said, I need a couple of voices on this. You and you help me out. And it was Janet and... Mindy Cohn, who played Natalie. Natalie. On Facts of Life is one of the voices you hear on the song PYT. How about that bit of music trivia? Is that crazy? That's awesome. I know. And I hadn't thought about Mindy Cohn in 20 years, probably. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll be flipping through, and the Cozy Channel has um, Facts of Life on. And I'll always stop and watch it. So I've I've actually seen Natalie recently back in the day. Okay. Like not, not today's Natalie, that Natalie. Well, but Blair has a show. We were talking about Jeff Foxworthy's What's It Worth show with yeah. People's Crazy Mess. Yeah. Blair has a show called Collector's Call. Really? It's on MeTV. And what that is, is they go to the house of people who are super collectors. Like there's a guy who had everything Superman. Mm -hmm. All the way back to the very first action figure, the very first superhero action figure that was ever made. Oh, and he's wow. got posters, he's got action figures, he's got advertising tie-ins, everything. They, they basically have museums in their homes. And she will go and do a tour of all of their stuff, and then they'll have somebody come in and offer to trade them something. Like, I have this Superman thing that you don't have, and I'll trade you this for that thing that you have that I really want, and it's their collector's call whether they take the trade or not. It's really oh, neat. Oh, I see. Collector's call. That mm -hmm. makes so much sense now. They had a guy who had all the Kiss stuff you ever heard of. They had an Elvis guy on there. Uh, they've never had a Three Stooges person. Well, maybe you should give them a call. Because eh. then you don't have to sell your stuff. They'll just come in and look at it. Yeah, but I don't I don't want them messing around in my house. Plus, I don't, I don't think they have anything that I want to trade. You don't know that until you mm. get out there. I don't know. I put a lot of work into getting all this dusty mess. <laughs> you just don't want people. Yeah. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I tell you what, Blair has held up good, man. You Have see? you seen her? Lisa Welchel, she might come to your house. You don't know. Mm, it, could all... be, it could be fate. It could be your thing. You know how much I, it's all Zoom calls now. You know how much I hate Zoom calls? Like you said, I, I put my phone in a box when we were trying to do them just for our own convenience. Would you get on it and talk if it was Lisa Welchel? No. no. Why not? Sorry, Blair. Something came up. Really? It's, it's, not, it's not meant to be. No. What am I going to say to her? 
hey, remember, remember that time when Joe was on her motorcycle? <laughs> really, you could just treat her like a normal lady. You can do that. That is me treating her. Hey, remember, remember when Miss Garrett? Was, and, and we wonder why you're single. <laughs> how many times have I told you? What What do I tell you about that? About why me being you're single? Single because right, you want to be. I choose to be single. Well, it's just because you aren't good with people. You don't want them to stay long. You don't really want them to spend uh-huh. time with you. You don't uh-huh. want them to ask to come over. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you really want them to leave uh-huh. when they get there. And Right. Yeah, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a perfect system. Yeah. It's great. All right, listen, everybody. I don't know how you do it, but thanks for listening to this mess. And, <laughs> and we'll put together another mess next week. Yeah, if you want to, subscribe it and like it and rate it and tell your friends about it, and we'll figure out what number next week's is before we get to it so we can tell you correctly. Will we? I don't know. (laughs) Thanks, bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.